welcome back to the New Growth Podcast. I am your host, Yvonne Inkiruka, and I'm happy you are here. It has been a minute, y'all. I have, I was contemplating whether I should continue this season because this whole season is about transitions. And something in me is just like, it's not time to end the season because there's so much more that that there is to explore about this topic, not only for my guests, but also within myself. And so for the next half of the season, we are going to be talking about how to transition and change your mindset. I feel like this is something I'm always thinking about and I also think it can be a benefit because your mind is a powerful tool. Before I dive into some of the mindset shifts and changes I've had to make, I want to give you a hair update. So my hair is currently still blonde and I currently still color my hair. Every time I color my hair, it's like I'm a mad scientist. And when I finally like finish, I'm like, whew. I can take a sigh of relief because I feel like I don't really know all the proper measurements. How much do I pour? But typically, if it doesn't look how I want, I usually can get it to look how I want on the second try. So I'm still liking my hair. In March, I the, the YouTube gods were um, listening to my conversation about how it's been difficult to um, find a barber. So I guess they were like, here. You can do it yourself. So I found this black woman who has a afro, like a short haircut, tapered cut like me, and she cuts her own hair. So I'm like, yes, black girl magic. It's like, of course I can cut my own hair, right? Like there is very few things that I believe that, that there are very few things that I don't believe I can do. Now the question, do I want to do those things, right? Confidence as far as my abilities, I could be so far away and so far gone, but it's like I I have like an elevated sense of belief that most things are possible. Now, sometimes this gets me in trouble. And in this case, it did. Okay, so I went to the barber. I mean, I went to Walmart and I got some clippers and I proceeded to cut my hair. It was as if the way I was cutting my hair, it was as if I was like a pro. When I finished, I stepped back and I looked at my hair and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh no. What did I do? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I, I, the way my hair looked, I looked like a baby, newborn baby with like no hair on the side and a Thick, thick patch on top. I look like Mr. T, okay? That's how I looked. And that was not the look I was going for. Luckily, I didn't have anywhere to go, so it kind of grew out into a nicer cut. You know, I, I put some gel on it, I laid it. And I was just thinking, like, wow, if I look back on my life, I have demonstrated boldness and courage in so many different ways. I mean, when I first cut my hair, I cut my hair myself. I got some scissors and I cut it. 
and the next day I put my 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 scarf on and then I went to the barbershop for him to clean me up but this is how I try to live I try to live daringly boldly courageously and sometimes I get really great results and other times I fall flat on my butt okay so <laughs> so needless to say I will not be cutting my hair and I'm gonna find a barber but here's the thing finding a barber is like finding a man there are a lot of good men but have I found my man and the answer is no it's like it's such an intimate thing hair is so intimate to me and I have to feel comfortable in your seat like I have to feel comfortable and Oftentimes, what will happen is the haircut will be going amazing. Like, he is giving me exactly what I want. And then he'll, like, hit on me. He'll just he'll hit on me. He'll refer to something like, I don't know, it just gets a little weird. And I just don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. I just want to be able to get a service done. And I want to have a friendly client relationship with you um but unfortunately I don't actually experience that which they're not being disrespectful oftentimes it's just I don't want I want to keep this I want to keep business business so that if anything happens you're not going to take it out on my haircut okay and I can still walk into your barbershop So it's really challenging finding a barber that will be professional, honestly, and that won't charge $100 for a haircut. Needless to say, I'm still hopeful in both categories. I believe I'm going to find a great barber and I believe I'm going to find a great man that is for me. (laughs) But honestly, that's why I created New Growth because I feel like there are so many parallels between my hair story, and my life journey. And this season, we have been talking a lot about transitions. And for the next half of the season, I want to talk about transitioning mindsets. This is something I think about all of the time. And I really, really believe that the mind is so powerful And I believe the mind is a tool that God gives us. And so we have to like steward that, take care of it, nurture it. There's so many mindset changes that I have had to make throughout my life and that I'm still making. And the mindset that I want to focus on that I have I feel like I have grown tremendously in this area is around my value, my self-esteem, my self-confidence. And we hear about a lot of people becoming, um, yeah, we just hear about a lot of people like talking about self-esteem, but I really want to dig deep as and share like what I did, one of the things I had to do 
to build up my self-worth. So I'm going to take you on a history level of my personal journey. When I was young, um, one of the significant people in my life made a statement, a repetitive statement that is permanently etched in my mind. Words are one of those things where it's hard, especially like it's hard to forget them. It's it's hard to forget them. And these are the 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 words that they said to me when I was like four, five, six. Have has stayed with me, twenty five years later. Right. They said to me, they would call me Blackie, 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 Blackie. Why are you so black? And this, when you're younger, you don't know how to filter information, right? So this person who played a significant role in my life or who was supposed to play a significant role in my life um, said these words to me. And... Back then in the 90s, it was not cool to be a dark-skinned woman. And I don't actually think it's it's changed that much. But there has been some movement around, like, you know, acknowledging, you know, deep, brown-toned woman. But back then, it was like, the closer you are to, to white is the, sta- is the standard. And the closer you are to white, the better. And I think there was so much racism. There was so much prejudice against black people. People who had deeper toned skin. That like racism is... Is almost like if if you think of America as a as a human body, racism is the sweat that seeps out of its pores. It's in the DNA. It's in the fabric of the society. And so even when you don't see like overt forms of racism, it's weaved. It's woven into the fabric of a lot of our institutions, the media. And so you can be a brown skinned little girl who has never really experienced overt racism, but because of the society and how the society props up white people and white supremacy and what it means to be beautiful, You can internalize a self-hatred for yourself, right? And the people around you. So I believe that person that said that to me internalized the racism and unfortunately projected that on me. And this is when I haven't even built up a foundation of confidence to even know what is true and what is not true. So you can just imagine coming up and, you know, I 
I'm trying not to say dark skin. I'm trying to change my language to deeper toned because dark has so many associations with good and bad. And so um, I, I'm trying to say deeper toned. But I was a little girl who had really deep toned skin and I was tall. I was first generation Nigerian. I had short hair and I just looked African. And in the 90s, it was not cool to look African or to be from Africa because, you know, heal the world, make it a better place. You know, those videos that they showed of like African babies with flies. That's And then the associations that people had, all of the negative connotations. I mean, these first generation kids in the 90s really saw hell. Okay. I remember they would call us African booty scratcher. And to top it off, my older sister, I remember she would do our hair and she gave me puff balls. Like basically I had like short puff balls on my hair and I went to school like, (laughs) hey, now that hairstyle is like in, it's a part of the natural hair movement. But back then, no, you needed, if I, I had the audacity to be, deeper toned, right? And to have natural hair in the early 2000s, forget about it. I got teased. I got teased because what people don't understand, they criticize, right? And um it wasn't ex- it wasn't a lot of teasing. It was just enough for that to just add evidence as to why I wasn't beautiful, why I wasn't uh, worthy. And like I mentioned earlier, when you're young, you don't have a strong filter to filter the true messages from the messages that are untrue. And so all of it just comes in. And when it comes in, it becomes like a core truth that I am not beautiful that I have no worth. And and so this was the core truth that became a foundation of my identity. And no, I didn't go around saying, "Oh, I'm ugly." I mean, sometimes I didn't I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel like I did I didn't feel beautiful. And for young women, young girls to be seen, I think, as like to to be seen and to be acknowledged for who you are and how you look and what you bring. Like, it's just it's a very important thing, I feel. Um, And that wasn't reiterated in my home. It was re it wasn't reiterated in society but what was being reinforced through society and in my home at times was that i wasn't beautiful and it was connected to the way uh, my skin looked and and so yeah the loudest voice 
tends to win oftentimes. It just tends to win. The, the message that is most dominant, it can be a lie. But if it's the loudest voice, it has a shooting chance to be something that you hold on to. And, you know, as I mentioned, you need people around you when you're young and even as an adult to reinforce truth, to pound you with truth. And when you don't have that, you latch on to the to the voice, to the message that is the loudest, that is the most frequent. And that's what I did. And that I experienced, I had low self-esteem, low confidence. I didn't think I was beautiful all throughout childhood and all throughout my teenage years. And it's something that I almost am like, wow, I really didn't see myself. Like, wow, it really took all of those years. But when I look at who I am today, I am so proud of the woman that I am. And I can, without a doubt, say to myself and I and believe that I am beautiful. And also the thing that happens when you don't think you're beautiful, when you don't think you add value, when you don't see yourself as you ought to see yourself, it impacts your sense of worthiness, your ability to believe whether you deserve good things, whether you deserve love. It affects how you treat yourself and how you allow other people to treat you. And it also can lead to you making really, really desperate, dumb decisions. And thankfully, I some of the decisions I made were out of desperation, but I didn't experience the consequences of those decisions. Like, it wasn't those... They they didn't lead to necessarily destructive like <clears throat> things from hap- things happening in my life like you know how you you know like I think I was spared I I believe that like God protected me from myself oftentimes because I I had no self value um but it's interesting because. Most of the time, most people wouldn't have assumed this. Most people wouldn't have guessed this. And most people thought I was very confident. And I don't know. I, I don't know where that that external confidence came from. Because internally, I was struggling to see myself. So the question then becomes, what did I do to make this mindset shift? How did I transition from this, from believing a lie to believing this truth that I am beautiful, right? And I am worthy of love. Well, I did a lot of things. This, this is, 
years of work. This is no overnight recipe. This is not just one thing. I was in counseling. I did a lot of things. I pursued my dreams. I cried. I sat by myself. I journaled. I worked out. I prayed. I did I put so much work in. And I can't sit here and share all the things I did, but I want to focus on one of the things I did that I feel is extremely practical and helpful. So this, I will say, the things I'm about to say, the foundation for me has been my relationship with God. And I will say this, in the Bible, because I read the Bible, in the Bible, um, in the first book, in the first book is called Genesis, there is a verse that talks about God's connection with humans. And it it's it's called um the passage goes like this and God created man, man being plural, plural um referring to man and woman, man in his image. And so that right there cuts a hole in the entire lie that I, Yvonne Inkiruka, is an image bearer, okay? What does that mean? It means that I reflect a piece of God. I mirror an aspect of God. And who is God to me? God is glorious. God is beautiful. And if there's one thing I know about creators is that they create from themselves. No creator creates apart from themselves. Everything is personal, right? Um, It comes, your creation comes out of who you are. And so in that, God created me out of himself. I just feel like that's powerful, okay? So, yeah, just the idea that there is something about how I'm made that reflects God. And God is glorious. God is good. The other thing is, I, so that was a foundational piece that struck me. So when people actually say like, yeah, there's, there's beauty in everyone. I actually do believe that because everybody is an image bearer. Yep. And so that was just so revolutionary for me, but just the idea that God uniquely designed And made me, crafted me in my mother's womb. What? Oh my gosh. I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. 
right? And that's that's how, that's not just God's approach towards me. That's God's approach towards all of his beautiful creations. God never creates anything apart from love. He just, he just doesn't. I was created out of love, from love, by love, for love. And so that with that as my foundation, it 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 completely has been able to shake the bones of the of those lies that I that were housed in my heart, right? But one of the things I do is I practically speak words of love, of kindness, and goodness over myself. Some people call this affirmations. I call this learning to bless yourself. Learning to bless yourself. There is power in your words. There is power in what you say, right? And so the mere ability to um, to speak life, some people call it, over yourself and not death can yield great results. And I've seen that happen in my own life. Like I said, this is not the only thing I did. This is just one aspect that I want to to touch upon because I I believe that not only the words you speak, but also the words that you allow to rest in your mind seep into your heart and they become what you believe right what you believe so that's why it's so important to monitor what comes in what messages are subtly or directly coming in to your mind and sometimes it's so hard because there are so many different messages that come our way on a daily basis, especially due to social media and then the age we live in. So you get hundreds of, and thousands of messages coming in every single day. So you have got to have a filter of what is coming in and what is sticking and what you're going to toss, right? And like I said, the foundational piece for me is that I am a child of God. I'm an image bearer. So the anything that is anything that contradicts those things, I have to check at the door, right? I have to check at the door. And so what I have had to do is 
bless my, actively bless myself every single day or try to at least. During the pandemic, I had this little book, this notebook that I would write in and it would be full of like blessings or affirmations. And because sometimes you just really are struggling and you need to write and you need to say when when we speak words out loud, we are actually contributing to what goes into our our minds and in our hearts. So even if I don't feel beautiful, every day I look in the mirror and I say, you, Yvonne, are beautiful. Now that sounds very simple, but it's very powerful. I say it every single day, even when I have a blemish, because I can go to sleep one time. I can go to sleep like late and then six hours later, I wake up and there's a huge blemish on my face. And it happens. And I just, sometimes the temptation to be like, oh my gosh, like this is the worst thing ever. You go back to being a teenager instantaneously. Not instantaneously, instantly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just, so I, I say that every single day. Whether I have my eyebrows done, my hair is done, my skin is clear, I say you are beautiful, Yvonne. And I stare at myself and I begin to touch my head, touch my cheeks, touch my shoulders. I'm doing it as we speak. And I just bless myself. You are so beautiful. And I also say, um, sometimes I don't say this one every day. I say, you are worthy of the best kind of love. And you are capable of giving the best kind of love. You are worthy of the best kind of love and you are capable of giving the best kind of love. And I repeat that over and over again because I am actively, proactively combating years of internalizing the lie that I wasn't beautiful, that I wasn't, that I didn't have value, right? Sometimes I also just say, you are a child of God. Let me tell you why this is so important. The more you speak it, the more you chance you begin to believe it. And that's what's that's been my experience at least. Me just saying it, even in moments and seasons where I didn't believe it, have transformed how I view myself. Because I'm like, I could just I could be looking a mess, but think I look gorgeous okay and when I talk about beauty I'm not just talking about the external beauty I should just mention that I'm talking about the whole aspect of who I am and I do that and it has worked it has really worked and it's not all butterflies and and sunflowers it's hard work but it's just a small practice that I, that I have noticed has helped me move from like really struggling with my self-esteem, my beauty to like being firm in who I am. 
Now, of course, that was coupled with like therapy and prayer and um, all these other things. But I wanted to highlight this because I think it's so practical. I think it's something you can start today. And let me give you a reason why like your language is so powerful. I'll give you a real life example. So the other day I went to this event and, you know, I quickly just threw on an event because I, f- I found out about it last minute and I was like, okay, let me go. And it was, I had the best, I had the best time. And as soon as I walk in, what happens is sometimes I I naturally just look at everyone. I'm instantly just comparing myself. I'm just comparing myself like, oh my gosh, like she is beautiful. She has like long hair. She is curvy. Um, she's got great legs. Like I'm not even necessarily paying attention to the guys. I'm like trying to size myself up and compare myself. That's That's almost like, sometimes like it's just automatic and what happens when you lead with that when you're not aware of that your insecurities come right to the surface and that's what happened to me I was like oh my gosh I just don't feel beautiful and you just go down this spiral in your head and nobody knows it Nobody knows it but you. So in that moment, what could have happened was I could have the whole night been like in this downward spiral in my head and not being present, not appreciating the beauty of the woman around me, but comparing myself So stealing from the moment. So in that moment, I just, in my head, I just said, I'm a child of God. I am beautiful. There is no one else like me on earth. No one with my same exact, like, DNA, like, no. There's just no one else like me. And that's the same thing for you. There's no one else like you. But I'll tell you what happened. So I just affirmed myself and it took like 60 seconds. And then I was able to be present. I was able to have a... See, when you operate out of insecurity, well, what happens to me is I get tight. And I start to be less and less of who I really am. And nobody... This goes under the surface. Nobody knows. Nobody can really call it out. Except you and God. So you're not able to be your full self when you're trapped and steeped in insecurity. So after I just reminded myself of who I am and of just called out my beauty, then I was able to really enjoy myself. I was able to really, 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 really enjoy myself. And I had a great time. I met a lot of great people. And I was able to be free. And my beauty was able to come out. Right? So 
I attribute that directly to the ways in which I have blessed myself, learned to bless myself, learned to speak over myself, learned to affirm myself and remind myself of my identity, remind myself of, you know, the truth. We have to be mindful of what comes in. You know, you have to like literally, you know how you go out and there's like security guards and they're like, let me check. You got anything mysterious? That's how you do have to have to deal with certain thoughts. Right. And then shower yourself with the truth. And it may not have anything to do with beauty. It could be something else, a mindset shift that you need to make. Right. And like, um. All that jazz. But there's a verse that I hold on to. It's in, I believe it's in Romans. And it says, Romans or Hebrews? No, I think it's in Hebrews. It says, be not transformed. Be not, do not conform yourself to the patterns, right? To the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? And that renewal process is kind of like what I'm getting at. And it's been, a, it's been extremely helpful for me to use, um, you know, the Bible as a reference and also different literatures. And I put, I put this on um, Instagram, but Maya Angelou is one of those references that I use, like the phenomenal woman. Oh my gosh, when I first heard that in middle school, changed my life, changed my life. So I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what mindsets you need to change or you need to adopt. But I just wanted to encourage you through my little story that it's possible. It is so possible. So that's all I have for you today. But this is what the the rest of the season will look like. We're going to be talking about how people have changed hostile, destructive, or yeah, mindsets and adaptive ones that were beneficial to them. And I think that looks different for everyone. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into those discussions but until next time guys i want you guys to know that you are loved and also go ahead and share this episode with someone you think might really appreciate it and hit me up on socials uh i'm on instagram yvonne underscore inkiruka go ahead and tag me i would love to hear your feedback And as always, leave a review because your reviews take this podcast to spaces and places I could never. I hope you are producing new growth in your life. Love you guys.